Are you ready? Sheffield 2020. A new powerlifting major's in town. The strongest powerlifters in the world. World records to be broken. Come and meet me. Come and meet me. And me. And me. It's Six Pack Lapidat. We're going to do another video uh, episode this time around. And uh, we got Peter Spence from SBD. Everybody's going crazy um, the last couple days because SBD announced they had the big SBD Invitational um, competition. And we can assume all the biggest stars from the IPF are going to be involved. It's the biggest um, powerlifting event in terms of monetary prizes we've ever seen as a sport. And everybody's excited, and understandably so. We're looking at around $300,000 US, a little over. So it's going to be massive. Um, all killer, no filler. With all due respect, I mean, it's nothing but world champions and those that are capable of winning the world championship. And who's going to win? It'll, uh, this is as close as you get. You know, every single, you want to talk about every single attempt counts. When it comes to this stellar of competition... Um, and they are going all out in terms of the production and everything. So we have Peter Spence from SBD, who I believe is, and I'll get him to clarify, the meat director. And he's gonna—he's putting this thing together, which has got to be no easy task, especially with all the hype surrounding this competition. The the anticipation's high. So my man's got a big, tall order to deliver. So we got him on. I'm gonna ask him some questions about when they were conceiving this. Um, how long it's been in the works, putting it together. And I don't know how much he's going to be able to tell us as far out. We know $300,000 U.S. is prize money. I don't know if he could say the names of the people involved or if he can confirm all of them, some of them, what. You know, we have a, we have a venue, we got a date. What else can he let out the bag? You know, so we'll ask. It might be a process. We might have to have him back as we get a little closer to the event. Um, but... I'm excited, and I think everybody in the sport is excited because finally, those on the IPS side can make some legitimate money. I mean, this isn't life-changing money, but this is year-changing money. I mean, if you make however much money a year, tack on 30000 U.S., that's going to change. You know, that's going to change your funds that year. That's going to change a whole lot. That goes towards your house, car, whatever. You know, you're all right. So um, everybody's excited about it, and, I, and, and me included. And uh, before we do call him, let me give a quick shout out to uh, FusionMuscle.com. If you're buying supplements, help us out because it helps us. This is one of our sponsors. If you're watching the show, you're listening to the show, and you're telling yourself, six pack, we need better audio quality. We need whatever it is. Well, help us pay some bills here. Go to FusionMuscle.com. Promo code is KOTL25, and you get 25% off all your supplements. 
Um, not only 20, look, you, if you take, I know if you're working out, you take a supplements, multivitamins, creatine, uh, pre-workout, whatever it is, man, fusionmuscle.com has got you covered. So if you're buying supplements, and you are, don't pay full price. Don't drive your ass down to the store like this is the 1990s. Get it dropped off at your house. Go to FusionMuscle.com. They got the best products out there. And get 25% off. It sounds like a no-brainer to me, man. So FusionMuscle.com, KOTL25. And with no further ado, let's give my man a break. Can you hear me? Okay, here we there are. We go. Good morning, how are we doing? Not bad, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good for a Saturday morning. Yes, agreed, agreed. Are you, you're East Coast time as well, is that right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'm in Maine, which is where our US office is. Gotcha. So just so you know, we're recording right now. It's all, it's all, it's already on the record. I'm ready for don't, it, I'm ready for it. Don't start off with some crazy controversial statements. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But, um, I was just saying in the brief intro here how everybody, um, as soon as this got announced, it was like, boom, it's all over social media. I couldn't click on anybody's account that's, a, that's an IPF lifter or somewhere under that umbrella that wasn't reposting and excited about this. You know, it's, it's everywhere, um, as you might assume. Now, there have been rumblings. I remember in Belarus, um, I think it was Benjamin Banks, who, by the way, that is the most fucking gangster name of any president all about the benjamins i know he's from the uk but he's all about the benjamins his last name is banks that sounds like a, a character out of a marvel movie but benjamin banks um gave a brief statement saying spd invitational it's coming it's going to be big and everyone's going to be talking about it gaston was saying mentioning it uh, at the worlds and um so there's rumblings what's this going to look like um you know where's it going to be when's it going to be cash prizes possibly but no one knew how big no one knew it was going to be the biggest cash prize our sport has ever seen. And uh, for a long time, everyone thought if you're going to make any money, you have to leave the IPF and go to the um, untested divisions. One of them. And for the longest time, we, we lost a, a few of our stocks from the IPF. And uh, now it's a different age, isn't it? All of a sudden. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in general, what you've been talking about, we're, we're delighted with the reception, right? The reception has been what we hoped for. We're thrilled by it. Uh, we've seen a lot of positivity, not just from within the community of, of IPF powerlifters, but from powerlifting generally, and also from strength sports. A lot of our strongmen are really excited to come and see this event. Um, but yeah, it's something that we've been planning for years. Uh, you mentioned uh, Benjamin Banks. Um, before SPD existed, we were talking about a meet like this back in 2012. I used to train at his gym in South London. And I think everyone's had this discussion, right? Everyone's been like, what if we have the meet with, with literally everyone we want to see, every star? What would that look like? Um, and we've been talking about that since basically 2012. And now we feel like we're ready to do it. And we're really excited because we think everyone else wants to see this meet as well. So it's a bit of fan service. It's a bit of love for the lifters and trying to give back to them. But we're looking forward to it. Seven years in the making. Well, I mean, we've been bouncing the idea back around. It's gotten more concrete. We've gotten in a place that we can do this now, right? Yeah. Um, you can't do this the first year we put out Nisleys, which is 2013. 
it wouldn't be the impact that we're hoping this has now within 2020 to be a really big year. Mm -hmm. And um, so when it was initially starting being put together, because um, I know for, uh, initially anyways, it's kind of like, look, we have, like, did you know it was going to be as big a prize as it's going to be? Um, and it had this kind of, was it, was it basically going to be, let's hold off until we can make the biggest possible meat and not, uh, if, if you put it out three years even before, it wasn't going to have this impact. You know, it wouldn't have had this kind of cash prizes. The mark, not only is the market grown, probably not only just for SBD, but in terms of the amount of lifters, it seems like, like our sport has never been stronger in terms of social media, in terms of the presentation. We've talked about this just uh, me and yourself, in terms of the presentation and the quality of the streams, you know, I'm kind of patting myself on the back a little bit because I'm part of the streaming, but, but in all honesty, you deserve it. You deserve it. Well, thank you, sir. But in all honesty, this like it's the quality is now at that level where when you you turn on the IPF World Championships, it looks like you're watching television, and we are actually on the Olympic Channel. And I feel like um, the, the quality of lifters in terms of the depth of competition is much deeper. Now we're we're taking people from other sports. So uh, we're talking about this as well. How four years ago, guys were stars, girls were stars gone and can't come back even if they wanted to because the talent pool just blown up. So it feels like, for a multiple variety of reasons, this is probably the best possible time to do this. Yeah, I think this this is the best time to do it for those reasons like you've discussed. Um, I mean, we I can't say we haven't bounced around different ways of how to do this. We wanted to make sure the audience was here and wanted this kind of event. We think it's clear now with how much growth of interest has been in powerlifting that that exists. Um, and we want to make sure it's uh, an event that feels really good for the lifter. Uh, and I think we can achieve that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So just a quick break. We had some uh, questions like, um, how do you qualify? I know you can't say a but Like, there are things I said before. There are things you can and can't say. So um, right. only say what you can say right now. But in terms of how you qualify, how does one qualify for this event? Absolutely. So... We try to make most of this as objective as possible. So there's kind of like a straightforward way of, of why we've chosen these people. We only have 24 lifters, 12 men, 12 women. There are so many names you could pick for that, but we wanted to make sure that they get a lot of attention and we don't want that prize pool to be spread too thin either. Mm. Uh, so this is gonna be an action packed event. So the two first criteria are the eligibility criteria really, which is the athletes in, in good standing with their federation. Sorry, no, three. There's the athletes in good standing with their federation, um, and, and that's kind of something we have to go to each of the national federations and check that that's the case. Uh, the athlete has to have a 700 IPF point score uh, at the event they qualified through, which would be uh, IPF Worlds in 20, 2019, or be reasonably capable of achieving that. Um, and they must have never had a doping violation for which they received a sanction of over a year. So those three things, every athlete that we invite through automatic qualification must meet those criteria. After that, anyone who, who meets those criteria, first invites go to people who won their weight class in the open uh, age division at IPF Raw Worlds. Then any of the people who came top three in IPF points who didn't win that way. So um, those people would be Brett Gibbs and Daniela Mello would get an invitation based on that if they meet those eligibility criteria. Um, and then it's the best lifter from any IPF region that's otherwise not represented. And IPF regions are basically the six continents. Sorry, Antarctica, you're not there. But <laughs> not for any of the other ones, 
We want to make sure this is a really international meet as well. You know, it is an IPF meet, it's an IPF level meet. You can set IPF board records. We want to make sure that there's some diversity there and we're going to be putting the spotlight on some lifters you might not otherwise see or get as much attention. So some of the lifters from Asia, some of the lifters from Oceania, some of them from Africa. Uh, people may be more familiar with the names from North America, I'm sure, uh, but South America as well. Important to make sure that those names are included and we're really looking forward to it. Um, so in terms of the, the lifters coming from the regions, would they qualify at, for instance, um, Asian championships over 700 um, IPF points and maybe they weren't at Worlds? Is that possible to qualify? So the reasonably capable one is it's a difficult one. Um, we've obviously had to bounce that back a lot. Basically, we've gone with did they get 700 IPF points uh, at Worlds? The, the, the automatic qualifiers all come from Worlds this time around. Okay. That's not to, that's not to say that we couldn't do an event in the future uh, that had something else. But also we've said that the athletes who are getting invited for this have either either participated in 2019 at Worlds or at a, a regional event. So that could be the European Classic and APF Championships. Something of that nature. Because mm -hmm. there was um, a couple of comments. One of the comments that I had gotten was, this looks amazing, but I hope it doesn't water down the world. And I was like, my man, it actually makes the world more important. It actually yeah, makes the opposite. Absolutely. I, I think people are unfortunately not missing the point, but missing the, the opportunity here of this meet. This is, you qualify for, for worlds. You qualify to represent your country. That in itself is a massive achievement. You go to Worlds, you represent yourself, you do incredibly well. You then get to this next level of meet. This is to really celebrate those guys and girls who did amazingly at that meet and take them to another level. It offers another opportunity to really elevate them. And we think it's something that the sport requires to push it forward at this stage, um, to really treat the lifters amazingly. I mean, Worlds is a great meet, but you've got, what, 900 or so lifters this year? I think maybe more. Yeah, maybe Absolutely, yeah. right? But looking at the meet results today, it, it's always somewhere in that range, right? We're talking around a thousand lifter yeah. mark. Yeah. It, we, the IPF media team does a great job of giving attention to every lifter when they come up and lift, but it's difficult to do as in depth as we might want to do for some of the sports real stars. And this gives us an opportunity to do that. And also it's fan service, uh, because I think a lot of people would love to watch a flight of just the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that when you think about it, some lifters who might not make it. And it's, I mean, that's the way she goes. You can't have, you could do this forever. You could be like, well, let's just leave, leave an exception for this person and add them in. You start opening that door, you could be doing that for, there's so many quality lifters. You have to, and we've spoken this before, you have to set a number and stick to it. As hard as it is, any number would be tough. If you wanted it 50 people, it'd be tough. So once you came to an agreement on the number of lifters that were gonna be invited, you are going to have to make some tough decisions, and some of them will be controversial. That is the way it's going to go. Whenever you're making an all-star team in any sport, you're going to have some people disagreeing. That's half the fun, and half the, you know what I mean? It is, it is what it is. How difficult is that? I mean, that's sports, that? right? What's that? That's, that's sport. This is sports. Right. And, and that's what every sports fan loves, yeah. loves as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's been a difficult one, honestly. So like I said, almost all of those spots, objective criteria, uh, people can pretty much work it out for themselves, but we'll be revealing who those athletes are once they accept invitations, assuming that the national federations can confirm they meet those eligibility criteria, which we hope they all do. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of spots left. Um, those are our wildcard picks. Uh, we're particularly excited about those. But like in particular, we're talking, talking literally a couple of spots for 
a ton of lifters. If you look at the list from Worlds, there are a ton of lifters that people are going to want to see, and we don't have room for them. Um, maybe, maybe there's another event in the future where it pans out differently, but but this time around, we really want to make sure it's it's tight, it's action packed, it's it's really exciting because you're going to know basically all of the names, or there are going to be some names that you maybe you don't know but you should. Mm-hmm. You really should know these lifters from these other regions that maybe we give left attention to, but they're they're all stars as well, and they deserve to be there. One hundred percent. Essentially, and this is as crazy criteria as it gets. This shows you how high level this gets. If you want to guarantee your spot, if you want to put yourself in a situation where you're not waiting for a wild card or whatnot, you have to win the IPF World Championships. Yeah. The, the, it, and, that's tough. And have and have seven hundred IPF points as well. You know what I mean? Like, oh they, yeah, that's true. And not just win that you're one hundred percent right. Yeah. And never have had a doping violation of every year. And you know, we've got this other stuff. We want to make sure this is gold standard stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it's shaping up and the excitement I've had, like when we put this up yesterday, uh, pretty early in the morning, Eastern time, my phone was blowing up by the time I was getting up. From athletes who are excited about this, athletes who know maybe they didn't go to Worlds this year, maybe they know they're not eligible, but they're excited about the idea of this event, right? They want to see this, they're fans of this as much as you and I are. Yeah. Right? I, I, uh, I mean, T- Taylor Atwood was all on this podcast, just the previous podcast, and he, yep. he shocked some people because for a second there, he was like, hey, look, powerlifting's nice, doesn't pay the bills, um, I'm at a point in my life where my career is kicking in, and I might have to make some tough decisions. And I was like, Taylor, what are you saying right now, my man? And he's like, all I'm saying is I, I can't do this forever, maybe one year, maybe two years, and I might have to leave. And we were all like, holy smokes, such is life. Because for other sports, maybe you make a buck or two and, um, and it's worth it because you're tacking onto your salary. But powerlifting, thus far, not really the case. And then as soon as this dropped, his comments uttered in the, when we dropped the, uh, hey, take a look at this, the IPF, or sorry, the SPD Invitational. He's like, all right, I might stick around a little longer. Absolutely. And that's what we want to see as well. And I'm not going to get into, and I, you know, you said I can't say everything at this point. We've got a lot of information to come out about this, and there's some stuff I'm excited to share, but I'm holding back. But the way that these prizes are split up, a lot of this money is going to be meaningful amounts of money. It's not just going to be your flights and hotels and whatever are covered, and, and we're doing a lot on that side as well. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be, you're going to walk out of that event, if you've done well, with a good chunk of change. You know, you're not just getting patted on the back, you've got some money to go spend as well. We think this is really going to incentivize people to, to step up the sport as well, uh, and to professionalize it, which is what we've been trying to do with SBD this entire time. We've always been really keen on, on backing lifters. And I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of people say, oh, you, you can't make money in the IPF. There are a lot of, a lot of companies out there, I think we're, we're trying to lead the charge on that, who are trying to make sure that lifters are well supported, mm-hmm. that they can get to their meets, that they're incentivized for good performances, that kind of thing. I think that's really important if we want this to be a sport. Yes, uh, 100%. It's, one of the hardest things to hear is, um, I would go to Worlds, but it's wherever this year, and I don't think I can make it. I don't think I could cover the cost. And that's, that's so hard as a, as a fan, A, to hear, like, well, some of the best of the best. We had Marcus Adodo, Muscle Man Marcus, for those who probably know him by social media. And he's like, look, man, if I make, if, if I made the team, um, and he was top, he's top three, you know, he's coming in here top three, so he could make the team. He's like, I don't even know if I can afford to go to Europe. And I was like, man, that, it almost breaks my heart to hear it. Because it's like, um, for you to, especially coming through the U.S. Raw Nationals, 
such a hard task to make a, a U.S. national team. It would be terrible as a fan to have somebody be like, you know what, I can't go just from financial reasons alone. And then just to know that this guy does, jumps through all these hoops and, and makes it that far, and the travel that you have to do just to make it that far um, and beat who he's got to beat, make a national team, and then have to check out and be like, this is where my dreams and hopes stop. You know, that's why I love when a company like yourself gives back. I mean, you can't do it for everybody because it's, there's a lot of nations out there, obviously. Absolutely. But, but it's it's nice to see a company say, look, we feel the same way. And we, we, we hate seeing if it's the best of the best. Be like, sorry, guys, I'm, I can't afford to go this time. Absolutely. I mean, all of us, I think, uh, SPD, or a large proportion of us have competed. A lot of us, uh, not myself, have competed at an international level. So they get that from, from that perspective, right? But we're also fans, same as you. I don't want to be speculating about world's results and thinking, well, are they going to show up because they can't? Yeah. You know, that's not... That's yeah. not what I want to see for sport. I want to see people going head to head. I want to see those close competitions. That's part of the gamesmanship of power thing that I love. I love to see it happen on the same platform. Taking world records is great, and there'll be a lot of that at this meet, but we want to see some people lifting on the same platform, same conditions, you know, and, and really getting highlighted. 100%. I mean, it, it also doesn't make the sport look good when an outsider's like, oh, so-and-so won the Nationals, but how come he's not at Worlds again? And you have to explain, well... There's no money involved, and he couldn't make it financially. It, it doesn't make the sport look big. It makes the sport look smaller. Like, okay, well, this isn't a serious sport, then, if you guys can't even all go to Worlds. So it, this is a huge step forward for all of us when this is yeah. no longer the case. Absolutely, and it's because of the growth of powerlifting, right? Yeah. It's because of what basically happened since around 2011, the sort of huge rise we've had, the inclusion of women in the sport, the inclusion of a lot of people, like you say, who are coming from social media, from other sport backgrounds. Because we have that much broader base of people who are interested, we can now afford to support the people right at the top, mm -hmm. um, which I think is pretty much a win-win for everyone involved. It's a, you know, I, I was saying before on one of the previous podcasts, Powerlifting is one of the rare sports, like whenever, like you're talking basketball, NBA, there is WNBA, not very well supported. Um, and there's more, obviously there's more women in the world than men, I don't know what the stat is, 52%, but for whatever reason, if they all watch basketball, it'd be supported, it's not well supported. Whatever women's league, I'm from Canada, and um, hockey's massive in Canada, and um, they've been trying to get a, a league for the women's hockey as well, not very well supported, can't make a good dime out of it. And, you know, essentially they're stuck in an amateur level because they can't make money out of it. Powerlifting, we support all of us, not just the women, support women in powerlifting. Men are just as into it, watch the preview shows, we'll debate who's going to win in the showdowns versus the women's. One of the biggest, hottest matchups in, in the USA Raw Nationals is going to be Mello versus Lawrence, maybe the biggest neck-to-neck. -neck. This sport and, and the, what you guys are doing, this is one of the few times where it'll be a major sport, a global sport, where men and women are at parity with, with pay, and not just, this isn't at parity at pay because the women have to boycott for it or, or protest for it. It's at parity because it's a demand. This isn't, this isn't charity, my friend. People will tune in even footing, and that's what makes it. It's a beautiful thing, and I, I'm not sure how it happened, why it just happened organically. It wasn't forced out of anyone's throat. Listen, come on, guys, come out to support. 
Powerlifting is a special sport in a lot of ways, but this is one of the few sports where straight up parity pay, uh, parity viewership, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Obviously, we want to do it as well. And that's why we're making sure that there is equal prize money for both men and women this year. But if you look at some of the battles like you talked about with Daniela and Amanda at Worlds this year, last year at Royal Nationals, people watched that with Jennifer Thompson, Jennifer Milliken, Samantha Calhoun. That was an amazing fight. I was there for that one in person and the way it went back and forth and everyone was pulling to to have a total over 500. Absolutely it's brilliant because the standard has risen so high, right? Yeah. And people can't help but be impressed by that. And people want to see it. And if you look at the comments and what we've released already, and it's only been out for a day now that this meet's happening publicly. And so great that it's out, by the way, that I can actually finally talk about this. <laughs> and you look at the comments and people are talking about all the women that they want to see there. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of fans out there are saying, you know what, I'm so glad to be able to see these people. And we've got it in a location in the UK, pretty central, easy to get to from London to our train. Uh, it's easy from Europe. We think a lot of people are going to come from much further afield because you can get to this place, take a two-hour train to London, make a vacation of it. You know what I mean? And it's the first time we've had an event like this in the UK as well. And we think that a lot of people are going to come and be really excited to see both the men and the women. Um, not even like just to lift, but people coming in terms of just to watch, which to an extent is also somewhat novel in, in our sport. This is breaking some grounds in, in a, a bunch of different areas, but the IPF World Championships, for, for instance, um, probably the biggest event in powerlifting. I understand some individuals say, uh, my man, what about the US Open, etc." US Open had the prize money, but in terms of um, the amount of lifters, the amount of people viewing, the amount of people there live, etc. It, it, it wasn't. And that's not a controversial statement. That's facts. Numbers do not lie. In terms of prize money, 100%. But that isn't going to be the case here. This is going to take, I believe, the biggest prize money. But in terms of the world championships of the IPF, it was the biggest powerlifting event in terms of viewerships and reach and just social media shares the whole nine. However, because it was stretched over the course of two weeks, it made it and it bounced around from nation to nation every year, which it should. It's a, it's a real global event. You can't call yourself a true global event if you're in the same place all the time because um, it, it's got to bounce around from year to year so all the regions are properly represented. Can't show favoritism, etc. Fine. But stretched out over two weeks, not many, it's not as like, practical for people to take two and a half weeks off work, fly out, stay so they see the full story. Where he, in terms of a sporting event, that's kind of what you expect. In terms of this, much more practical to, to fly in, stay there for a weekend. You want to see day one? You want to see day two? It's going to be over. Am I saying too much? How many, how many days is it going to be? It, no, no, no. It is two days. We've said, okay. We said it's a Saturday and a Sunday. And, and those as well. Like the, Yeah, like Worlds is fantastic. But how many people are able to go out there who aren't lifters, aren't coaches, aren't supporting in some way? And actually go and watch the thing, even if it's in their own country, right? I know a lot of people did it when it was in uh, Calgary. Uh, I know a lot of people who did that, but it's not an option for a lot of people unless you've got, you know, a lot of time off work or you're a student or something. It's not that accessible. But this time around, I'm seeing a lot of comments from people as well that have us ecstatic in the office, like you might imagine, saying, you know, I'm booking my time off work. I'm making sure my flights are ready for this. I'm going to come. We're going to make a big thing of it. And that's great uh, because I think that those those live audiences are some of the best moments of powerlifting as well. When you've got a crowd that's really cheering and excited for the lifter, those are some of the best moments in atmosphere. 
you know, that's the stuff that gets me excited about powerlifting. It's, um, and it's all, you know, the world's, the, what's special about the world is you can have somebody coming in 10th, make some major moves, finish off 5th, and that's great because that's a little, that's a story in and of itself. Um, I've seen it a million times, like commentating at the world's for a few years now. Those are great. However, when it's nothing but killers, it's nothing but killers in there, nothing but champion versus champion versus champion, every single lift matters, every single opener You've seen some champions can open with a world record. From beginning to end, when you watch this, there is no, there is no, sometimes we have a slow boy at the Worlds. Well, you'll have two flights, and literally you're like, okay, none of these individuals are probably going to podium. Um, some of them are scrapping it out for middle of the pack, and they're opening, you know, it's going to be relatively low, so it's going to be a bit of a slow boil um, work with us here. There is no, don't get up and grab a drink. Go, Don't get up Absolutely. and go to the washer. You guys have now fine-tuned this, so it is one of these action-packed, you-can't-look-away tight, tight sports where it's, it's, it's now, I believe, going to be more viewer-friendly. I, I think so for the majority of lifters, yeah, definitely. For the majority of fans, and obviously that's a big, big overlap as well. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just really thrilled about the idea of just being able to watch some strange attempts as well. Because we, we've not got into how the quads are going to be broken down. But obviously, there's stuff for world records there. Yeah. Are we going to see people make some strange attempt choices? I'm, I'm being speculative about this myself. Are we going to see, like you're talking about, someone opening at a world record? What? Because they know that's what they've got to do. And the head-to-head is, is less of an element, right? There's going to be some that. There'll be some battles. Don't get me wrong. There'll be some weight-class battles for total here. But because there'll be people who want to get the same total record. Yeah. But are we going to see some strange, some strange strategery? You know what? Uh, I didn't even think about that, but you were 100% right, Peter. If you're going into this and you're like, look, um, I don't know if I could beat Taylor's IPF points, but I mean, I can take a world record in my weight class. So if this is what I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the moon here and I'm going to snap, smash a couple world records, or let's say, you know, I got to smash this before so-and-so does. Like it's it, because you might have 283s in there. You might have, you know, um, whatever the case may be, 284s, whatever, uh, you can hypothesize. So if you see world records bounce back and forth, hey, we, we can make a lot of dough just in the spot session. Absolutely. It's going to be wild. Uh, I'm really excited. And it's kind of because there are so many different things that are up to grabs for each lifter. Because you've got obviously the, the four records, right? In your weight class. Yeah. Uh, you've got a, a total prize and there's a, an IPF points prize. I'm not going to go into exactly what they are, but you know there's there's incentives for all of those things. You've got to decide as a lifter with your coach or with whoever, your handler, going into this, what is it I want to achieve here, right? And I'm really excited about it. It's difficult because, um, you know, I talked about this previously about some of the other money meets that were in the untested divisions where... Also, when you're handling, and it's for, for pride and country, you know, it's pride and country. So a handler, when it's a national team, is looking at not just yourself as a lifter, but the bigger picture as well, where, all right, in terms of team points, what's the more for sure thing? Look, at, I know you want a gold, but, and we could do the big YOLO, Hail Mary, last pull, trying to pull for that medal. But if I think this is out of, this is, this is too far out, you're not going to hit this. Statistically speaking, I've seen nothing that indicates you could do this. You're not just lifting for yourself. It's for the overall team points because if you miss, 
You're going to fall down in the rankings. You hit what's far more reasonable. You're going to end up with a silver. You know, there's, there's other strategic things when we're talking about a world championship. Sometimes people forget this is teams. This is your nation, your national team. So Team Canada, Team US, uh, Team Britain is collecting points. At this event, while it's still an international competition, while you might have your flag on your chest, you're collecting money. And all of a sudden, the decisions change. Not only the decisions change, but your coach and your handler, talk about pressure, my friend. This is now professional on them as well because any decision they, they make can and may influence, we don't know the size of check, let's just throw a number out there, but let's say it's thousands of dollars of, a, of money difference, and you have 60 seconds to make this, and sometimes, look, you may come in with a battle plan. You may come in with, this is what I'm thinking. In day of, we know the plans can go right out the window, my friend. And all, of a, sudden, all of a sudden, you're making, I'm just going to throw a number, you're making a $20,000 decision in 60 seconds. That is intense. That's what makes it better for the viewer, knowing, you know, oh my gosh, what are they going to put in? The handlers are going to be real stars here as well, honestly. And we're trying to make sure that we can make sure that the athletes have the handler they want for this meet as well. Because we think that we're going to want to see their insights about how they're making these decisions and these game plans. Because is the athlete going to be that kind of person who wants to know, you know, everything that's going on? Do they want to know all the numbers or do they just want to go up to the bar, not know what the weight is? Because you've got very different people who are going to get invited for this. And that psychology is another interesting element. Yeah. But what I wanted to, I want to just loop back to something you just said about how at Worlds, you're representing your country. There's a lot of international pride. The team matters. I think it's pretty similar to um, Olympic weightlifting. When you watch that, you don't see a huge number of world records. You see people lifting to win, right? And I think you've had the Garys on the podcast a, a bunch of times, yeah. right? And they, they're they excellent at this. They talk about this. Worlds isn't where you go for a PR. Worlds is where you go for a placing. Well, this meet. Sheffield 2020 is where you go for some PRs, <laughs> right? This is where we go all out. Because you've won you, or you've, you've done something amazing at Worlds to cement this. You, you've proven yourself. Yeah. This is where we now put it all out there, show everyone what you're all about. And, you know, there's a different kind of pressure, but there's, there's not that pressure of representing your country necessarily. It's, it's individual glory. You know what? You're 100% right that. You have your world champion when you just think everyone's seen that the eligibility criteria to get that far, you're a world champion, you've already proven yourself. It's not like, well, like, you know, this is this is kind of my coming out party to the world. Hey guys, I'm here. No, no, no. You you get the invite. There's gonna be some massive names that don't get the invite. It's it's very tough to get an invite when there's only 12 men, 12 women. Um, so to make it that far. I mean, this is like, it'd be like a dream come true to make it that far. So you've already proven yourself. Now it's time. You did the hard work. Some people go in there like time to capitalize. Now, having said that, here's a few things that in terms of the evolution of the sport, and here's a few things that are getting me excited. Because in every sport, there's evolution. And I think when money comes into play, there becomes a natural evolution. Cream rises to the top when it comes to money. You are not going to bring with you a handler who you think... You're an excellent coach, excellent programmer. I don't think you're an excellent handling. And for a lot of people who've been around for, you know, I mean, I started powerlifting in 2007. Um, for some people, like, watching, they're, like, 20 years old. They're like, holy shit, I was whatever years old in 2007. But you see, there is a difference between being an excellent programming and then the same people who coach at a national level and they're national team coaches – they understand all the rules, 
in terms of chips, what a world record to do in terms of going up, in terms of if you do two chips, three chips, and then what starts working against you, in terms of strategy, and there's far more strategy in handling than people understand. I can tell because I see the comments in some of these YouTube videos and some of the in some of the uh, posts I make, and it's like I don't think you guys understand strategy, and, and that's not a knock. I think it's a natural evolution and growth of the sport. It's not a knock on any of the coaches either, but I believe what you guys are about to do is going to change how we look at handling. And handling, I remember at one point people said it's just running numbers. Who's running numbers for you? When I first started powerlifting, who's running your numbers? My friend, there's a game day coach. I don't give a shit if he if he doesn't program and make champions with this programming. He or she game day's another decision. And I think, or what do you think? In the future, people might have programming coaches and game day coaches, and they are separate and they're respected as separate. Uh, we're already seeing it. I, I mean, you and I are at the same meets, and and you'll see some of that already. Where lifters are choosing to do that, and there's there's a team that's starting to form around some athletes. Well, you don't just have game day programming. You have someone who's there for kind of a sports psych role as well. You have someone who's there for a nutrition role. That's already beginning to happen, and that's what I'm talking about where we're trying to evolve us forward and professionalize the sport, but we are seeing a lot of that. And you'll see it at the back room at Raw Nationals, people who really get the psychology of the whole thing, how to talk to a lifter of a different disposition, how to understand the flow of the meat. If something's gone wrong in terms of the, the pacing and the timing, how do we take these warm-ups? How do we slow things down, or how do we speed them up? And making all those calls you're talking about, do you understand the rules on jury protests? Do you know how all of that works? Do you understand the significance of the chip? And some people really get it, and some people don't. And, uh, you know, uh, you want the right person in your corner if the stakes are this high. Even lock numbers, whatever. Like, there's so much. Oh, of course. Some people have no idea. They're like, well, what's, what's, what's the deal? What's, what, why is a lock number important? There, there's a lot to it. And you know what? Like, um, I think as we go, you know, I like that you brought in nutrition for a long time. That's another thing. I remember when I first started anyways, counting macros or, or calories, even not, even just a few years ago, it was like some people tried to pretend it was a joke. Like you count your macros, Who, who's got my fitness belt and made fun of the apps. We're not sponsored by my fitness belt, by the way. Excellent app though. Um, but uh, it is, look at, there's a reason why there's weight classes. There's a reason why mass moves mass. If in the weight classes and powerlifting are so massive that like you know we're, if we're talking ten kilo that's twenty two pounds if you naturally fall in between and mass majority probably do you're in a tough decision aren't you now you could throw on another x amount of pounds and it's probably not quality weight it might move a little extra weight but are you going to be competitive or do you have to shrink down to a to a smaller weight class it's easy for some people who naturally fall onto the top end of a weight class and be like, I don't cut, I don't believe in cutting. I don't believe in water cuts. Well, that's easy for you to say. That's easy for you to say. But the vast majority of people don't, aren't there. And um, if that is you, and, and that is you know for, for a lot of people, you gotta reach out and start bringing in a nutrition team. You gotta reach out and like you, you there'll be a time I, I see, and it's already here, but I think it'll be far more common. People have a programming coach, a nutrition coach, and a, a game day coach, and it might not be all three, and it's not an insult to any of the all three, it's just you get known as an expert in one of those. Absolutely, and a, and a good expert recognizes expertise and a lack of it, and that's why we're going to see it. But talking about uh, what you've just said with where you might be for a weight class, I had a few phone calls yesterday with athletes who were saying, Pete, hey, if I get invited, if this happens, what weight do I have to go in at? Do oh, I have to make my weight class? Good question. Is that is that a requirement? No, it's not a requirement. But you're going to have to think about it because 
are you going for IPF points or are you going for records? If you're going for records, you may want to be in that weight class you've been in before. Particularly if they're your records and you want to push them, then you may want to be in the same weight class. But IPF points, I don't know, you're going to have to crunch the numbers. Yeah. Uh, you may see some people coming in very light. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And occasionally, you know, there have been other meets that are IPF points. You see people just creep up a little bit above. They, they come into their training weight because they know, you know, if that was my weight class, say I'm a 66 lifter, but really I'd love to be a 69 or a 70, right? That's, that's really where I would feel comfortable. Maybe they'll come in there thinking, you know, my relative performance, that's where I'll crush it. You know what? I did not even see these, these things popping up the more I think about it, but 100%, you might see both. You might see somebody like, look, I understand 63 kilo is, is my weight class. If I came in at 65 kilo, my Wilkes points are going way up because I'm far more stronger. That last two kilo cutting kills me. Way too small for 72. Not looking to get, you know, my teeth kicked in at 72, thank you very much. But if I had the opportunity, however, you might see some people being like, I make 63 kilo so easily if I, if, if it made sense, I could easily drop down to 61 kilo. It makes absolutely no sense for me to do that at IPF Worlds. I gain nothing but more than points, but if I'm gonna win, a win is a win is a win, it, then it, made, it would make no sense. However, if we're talking, it's all on IPF points, and it's not you're winning your weight class because I'm, I may be the only person in my weight class there, it doesn't matter, I'm going to 60. And you can see both happen. Flip side, like you said, you also gotta think, Okay, could you just chip half a kilo, chip your world record, and that could be money. That's a, that's a money decision, or down the line, there's someone might be like, yeah, there's short-term money, and there's long-term money. I think I'm in the running for the points overall with the total, so I could cut a little, get some short-term world record, but it's going to impact my overall my man, you can see we're already strategizing like crazy. And we, we, this I mean, the thing is, I've had seven years to think about this, yeah. right? You know what I mean? If not more. Right. This has been something I've been thinking about since I got involved in powerlifting. The whole, like, the competitive side, how you structure a competition is something that like, fascinates me. Yeah. But there's another thing we can think about as well. Single list specialists. People who maybe have a record that can't be touched in their division of the IPF world's level, but could they go a little bit higher? Could they go a little bit lower into another class? and take a huge record there as well, you can set IPF world records at this meet. It is an IPF level yeah. meet. Yeah. So if you wanted that opportunity to go and do that, this is a place to do it. Yeah. You know, we, we can all think of that person, the deadlift specialist, the bench specialist, and they could nudge it up a little bit, weighing a little heavy, and, and take another record. Mm -hmm. And be paid for it as well. <laughs> of course, yeah, absolutely. We're incentivizing that. And, and that's where it gets interesting as well. Um, you'll be some, there'll be some tough decisions where you enter into an event, and someone might be telling themselves, Look, I don't know against this field, champion of champions, I don't know if I'm going to take the overall points and make money overall. However, if this is my jam, the bench, and I think I could smash a bunch of records, how tempting, and this is where things are going to get wild, how tempting would it be to be like, all right, I could get a world record. But what if I took the record in the second lift and I chipped it the third? Now, this is top-end lifting, so I might not. You're going to see some wild stuff like that, which makes it exciting. Could, there could be a if the if possible they do that you can see some massive shakeups. Some people be like, look, I'll hold back in squats, I'll hold back in, in bench, and I am going YOLO like you've never seen, like Yangsu Ren style, and we're gonna see some insane numbers that get put up that we're never gonna see again. And it's totally, totally. And, and there's something that you talk about a lot as well, which I really like about the 93 class. 
who is the best in the 93s? Is it the person who had the biggest total at any meet? The person who went head-to-head at Royal Nationals and won? The person who can say I'm world champion? Well, at this meet, you're kind of going to define that for yourself. You're going to define for yourself what success is, and the fans are then going to say what they loved. Mm. And, and there are so many options for that. Did you want to walk away with another world record in another class knowing you pushed up that level? Knowing that you said, you know, this is this is the limit of human performance. I've done something that's never been done before here. Now, everyone in that other class that I'm not normally in, you're on watch. Yeah. You know, like, it's you need to know that's what the standard should be, and I put it there. And that's something else you can walk away with and get cash. Like an like a, like a Ashton Ruska situation where he could easily float in between 93, 105, whatever. He could, or he can make up his own little weight class if he wants to. And he's not, because um, he's going to be as small as 105, Walking into the 105s uh, at the U.S. Raw Nationals, he's he's a water cut away from the 93s. Whereas if you walked into an event like this, yeah. my man, you just make up your own weight class. You could smash world records without being heavily undersized. It is what it is. So here's something that did happen at Collegiate Nationals. When Ashton put up his first really big performances at 105, is I saw him drink a gallon of water in order to weigh in heavy. And we're going to see people do that. The opposite of the water cup. People walking around with a gallon jug, <laughs> drinking <laughs> to get heavier, to weigh in, so that they can then take something like that. I think that's a really strange sort of result that we get from this, but it's a really fun one as well. Yeah, well, when you think about, um, if you're looking up a weight class up, you're like, man, there are some world records there, and I'm getting incentivized with money to hit those world uh, records. Funny things can happen. Like, absolutely. I may not be picking up the total, but I can pick up the squat, the bench, or the deadlift. Maybe that gives me a better shot than, than the IPF points would, or maybe I just prefer it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean by we need to start fans like you and I start speculating now on what those letters are going to do. I have my own thoughts on it. Everyone's going to have their own thoughts on it. It's a sporting event. We're going to have predictions. We're going to have arguments. That's what's fun about it. And the whole thing, every single lift, there's going to be something to think about along those lines. I can't wait until um, we have, like, for for instance, down the road, the names are out and now the debate's stuck. We start having those preview shows. Who's going to do what? I mean, not only it picks, but what, what world record is going to fall, you know, the top three in terms of the men's and women's. Um, for anyone who is going to fly out there, is it going to be, because the IPF Worlds, it's, it's like a great, it's a great package, but it's jam-packed full in terms of sessions. You know, you could have two to three sessions in that day. The lifters are going in there, they're lifting, getting drug tested, and probably piecing up. What, what, what a fan expect in terms of a fan experience when they show up, because it's, it's, I'm presumably one flight. Um, what, what would it? And that's still early days. You're still putting some things together. But is there an opportunity for some interactions with some of these individuals before, after, what, what have you? Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but broadly, yes. Like we're looking for that as well. Like this is something where you're going along, and, and we don't want to we don't want to mess with lifters before an event. But uh, but but obviously, this is something that we want to see, and we've been. We've been involved with, with Strongman in the UK, which is massive over there. You get you get arena shows, you get rugby stadia that have Strongman in them. My sister texted me something this morning, a, a telephone box, which has a Strongman on the side of it, advertising the next show they have there. Because that's the kind of country the UK is. You have signs for strength events, and people want to go and, and, and see these things in person, right? Mm. So that's what we're excited about. But yeah, you're going to see that we're going to have a range of different opportunities for fans in terms of tickets and that kind of thing, which is why we have... Uh, a website already now where you can get uh, sign up to our mailing list so that when we have information about this, some of those ticket packages are going to be a bit more limited, right? I can't say exactly what's in them at this stage, but we've got stuff coming. <laughs> if you want to know about it, yeah. obviously we'll be telling you. <laughs> we want to see you there. And we think 
already from the reception we've gotten, we're going to see a lot of people wanting to show up to this event. Uh, and we think that the atmosphere inside the venue itself, which is, you know, it's a historic building. It's a beautiful building. It's uh, If you look at the video we've got online, which is on all of our social media or wherever you want to find it, you'll see the seating or whatever. And you can imagine when that's packed full of power, yeah. it's fast. <laughs> I, what that's going to be like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, I got, I got, I got the shivers when you talked about um, that arena. It look, yeah, it looks amazing. It looks like it, it, that thing packed with people yelling, hooting, hollering, and um, it's wild to even hear about you talking about different packages to buy that we're here now in terms of the sport. Yeah, like we're going to be here. Like I don't know what the packages are, but oh my god, if you get to party with Russell Orhey, <laughs> VIP. But we we know the fans want to meet want to meet the stars, right? Uh, we see that at events we do, like uh, the Arnold in Columbus, Ohio, that we do every year in March. Uh, Body Power, which is sort of the other big fitness show, which is in the UK every May. Uh, fans want to come and meet the, the stars like that. Uh, they want to get things signed. They want to speak to them. Uh, they're inspired by a lot of these people. And that's what's, another thing that's great about powerlifting is how many of the fans do the same thing. Maybe not to the same level, maybe with not the same degree of passion, but it's an important outlook for them it's an important focus for them in their lives and being able to meet these people uh is is really important as well and we're gonna have them all together already i've got friends from the uk who are texting me saying oh i can't wait to meet this lifter i can't wait to meet that lifter i can't wait to see them lift in person i've been watching them for years this is gonna be crazy there's another different part of the sport that i've noticed i remember a time when um this so this this is something dating myself but it was everybody was just nothing but a name on a nomination list or a name on a results sheet, you had no idea what they looked like, you didn't watch them ever lift. When you show up at the event, you're like, oh, that's what they look like. Oh, that's who that is. Now, we have like, like you know, somewhat celebrities within the community. People show up like, oh my God, there they are in the flesh. Everybody knows who you are. There was a time, my friend, where I had a friend lifting at the Arnold Classic, and for me to know the results, I refreshed the page and the score sheet either read red, it was highlighted in red, or green, if the lifter had hit their lift. I just refreshed yeah. it. I refreshed it like every couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, yes, Alex got his squat. And it just said green. And that was the, that was online streaming around 2010, just so you know. Okay, so we were talking before how, uh, offline, but how some lifters come in now, and like, damn, man. you know, the expectation level but when you've been around the block from the beginning, you're you're humble. So when this is coming, you know how excited some people are. Like, oh my god, I never thought we'd get here. Oh, absolutely. I I, I think that's happened a few times already in like the brief time that I've been involved in powerlifting. That things have just progressed again and again and again. And people keep saying, oh, well, what what if this plateaus off? What if what if this tapers off? Well, it's not happened yet. Um, yeah. And you know, at the moment, I'm excited for it to keep growing. Uh, but yeah, things like that, things like streaming tech. I mean, even local meets now, some people in the USAPL do a great job of streaming all of those to YouTube. And, yeah. you know, you can watch your favorites. It happens in British powerlifting as well. Um, and I'll be watching my friends from back home lift. And it, it's absolutely fantastic. The level that we're trying to achieve at this is something even greater. It's going to be a little bit of a complicated meet. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's not just that kind of handling you're talking about, but IPF points, that's a new coefficient we have to think about, yeah. kind of for this. Uh, for this period um, and we have totals and we have world records and you kind of have to be aware of all of those and it's going to be hard for the commentators don't envy it <laughs> to, to walk it, our fans through that and it'll be a, 
um, it'll be a bit of a, it is a bit of a process in terms of, um, so your role in it, are your, your meat director, your producer of the, of the stream, or, or, or do you even not have a title? Like, look at me, we are putting this together all hands on deck, right? It's, it's very much a labor of love from everybody involved. There's, there's not a title with this at the moment. Obviously, um, while I'm in the U.S., uh, obviously working very hard with the UK team to make sure this all works. But this is this is really a UK team project. That's our global headquarters. Um, but I'm just trying to contribute where I can. Um, but yeah, it's it's a labor of love. We're all getting involved. We all have ideas. We're all passionate about how this is going to turn out. So no one is is excluded from this pretty much, right? It's, uh, it, it, it is. Uh, everyone needs to be involved. Yeah, no, I, I, especially with this uh, meat of this magnitude, even I think you hit it right, the nail right on the head where... Um, Instead of just the subtotal, which will be shown, it'll be subtotal in IPF points. And, and that becomes, like, the, the conversation's a little bit different. People are going to, and you want to make it viewer-friendly where people at home don't necessarily have to break out their IPF channel. Uh, you know, I mean, there will be some of those people. Uh, you know, the, the power, we got powerlifting nerds that are way deep. They'll, they'll be doing that before the competition even starts. All right, don't shut me out, right? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it is going to be a little different. It's going to be in terms of the production, the way it looks. Yeah. And we have to make sure that things like on-screen graphics, both uh, in the physical venue and online, uh, obviously there's a live stream, have to make sure that those uh, are comprehensible quickly so that you can focus on the lifting, not necessarily that stuff. We want to get the message to you quickly. So, you know, whether it's a strap line that says this puts them in this position for whatever or moves their rank to whatever for this or this is so such and such a way kilos from the world record – all of those things, or, or even saying, you know, person they're head-to-head with, this is the comparison. That's something we're brainstorming at the moment to try and make sure those graphics work properly. If anyone has any ideas, please feel free to send them through because we want to make sure it works perfectly. Again, for all of this, I'm really receptive to feedback on it, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that this event goes really, really well. Um, and we've been planning it for a very long time, but uh, it's important to start really nailing this. Where do you see... And powerlifting needs it, right? Like, powerlifting needs... It's about time. Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Um, I think you posted, and then I posted as well, uh, people being like, there's no, some people, because, you know, some people are never going to be happy. You know, there's never, there's no money in powerlifting, what the hell. And then once the money comes in, powerlifting is better before the money came in. It changed again. And it's, it's you don't want to fall, you don't want to roll back. Always forward progression. And there's going to be, yeah. you know, don't focus we're on We're powerlifters, right? That's yeah. that's what we're about. We want to be it. making progress. That's that's innate to the people who love this sport. Yeah. We're people who want to self-improve. We want to move forward. That's what we're trying to do here. Uh, and yeah, that, that kind of stuff tickles me a little bit. Um, we've had people complain when there isn't money. Now we have people complain when there is money. Yeah, yeah. They're not always the same people. You can't yeah. please everybody. But we think that, like I said, we've got the world championships. You've got that representing uh, the international stage, representing your country. It's it's serious. It's important. It's it's down to business. This is a little bit more of a party, mm-hmm. um, and so now we've got options for lifters, uh, and you know different people will be attracted to different stuff, and that's great. We want to have options. Yeah, it's always good to have that option now to eat to make some money, which is beautiful. Talking about the yeah. future, talking about the future, um, are we thinking? And obviously, you're probably thinking, let me get through the first one before we talk about the second. <laughs> and I think I already know the answer is going to be that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, are we hoping this could be possibly, you know, a yearly thing? And, um, you know, I mean, we're, it's probably way too early days talking about venues and, and whether it bounces around from region to region. 
I don't know what, what's been discussed or what you can say, but is it at least, you know, I mean, you can say as much as you can, uh, uh, a hope that this thing becomes a commonplace where you have the worlds and then after that, all the world champions do battle at the SBD Invitational and this thing continues to grow and move in that direction. So, I mean, you kind of guessed it. My hands are fairly tired on that stuff. Um, as you can imagine, would love if we see the, the fan support for this that makes it a real option every year, right? We'd love if that happens. That's really going to depend on, on the fans showing up. So far, the early indications are that things are really good. Uh, we've seen a lot of people sign up for more information on those tickets. We've seen a lot of people comment that they're really excited about this. The buzz seems really positive pretty much across the board. A couple of outliers you're always going to focus on, but pretty much across the board, the, the reception's been fantastic. Um, so I'm optimistic. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, to that point, um, if somebody does want to sign up, how do they do so? How do they get in, like, onto this newsletter where they keep getting more and more information in terms of the packages and in terms of when the names are released? I'm sure, like, you know, because there's going to be, man, we got to, I'm getting DMs and it's day one and I'm getting flooded. And I'm like, all right, let me get a hold of Peter because we need to, we need to get more <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's why I'm happy that we put this together, sort of, uh, to, to talk about this event straight away. Uh, what you need to do is just go to spdapparel.com. There's going to be a massive Sheffield banner. You click that, uh, you go through, you subscribe. That, that's basically all it is. There's, uh, it's, it's on our global um, HQ's website. Just search SPD. You search SPD on Facebook. You'll find us there for more updates. You search us for SPD Apparel on Instagram. You'll find the same stuff. We want to make sure this information goes out to people. But yeah, if you're on that mailing list, then you're going to get that information first. Particularly if we do have packages that are uh, more sought after. And we, we're not going to have every single person able to get into a meet and greet, uh, it's just not feasible, right, in terms of time. So things like that, we're expecting to, to be very, very popular. I would definitely recommend signing up if you're interested in it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on here and discussing this. Um, I know we can, we got all the preliminary information out of there. And as we go, I would love to have you back when we can start revealing names, revealing, you know, more and more details. And then obviously the discussion gets into, oh my gosh, who do you think is going to do what? But uh, appreciate your time, my friend, as always. Uh, thank you very much. And, um, and until next time, my man, keep me in the loop. I'll, I'll Absolutely. I'll be one of those individuals who signed up for the information. I appreciate <laughs> that. I really do. And I'm looking forward to getting more people excited for this because we're, we're buzzing about it. You, great. Well, thank you very much. You're doing a great job, my friend. Talk to you soon. Don't you. Bye. And there you have it. I mean, look, at this is this is the biggest competition. Uh, monetarily speaking, likely the biggest competition our sport will see in terms of reach, in terms of numbers. I know it's early days, but the IPF World Championships, when you look at the numbers they get, uh, it's in the millions. And people take snippets from the IPF World Championships, cut it up, and put them on their YouTube, just like, hey, head-to-head -head battle um, between Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence. And they just streamline it. So it's the, the battle between Melo and Lawrence, and they can get a million views right there. Um, so that's essentially what's about to happen. You know, we are about to see the streamlined version, nothing but these head-to-head matchups between these, these global stars. So in terms of the reach, in terms of the viewerships, this is, this is I, I got to believe this is going to be the biggest one. In terms of even at the gate, and how crazy is that that we're saying this? Like, I'm a huge UFC fan, boxing fan, and they talk about pay-per-view buys, and they talk about the gate. 
money in at the door. I gotta think. I don't know what the biggest gate and power thing is, but we're talking about that now. We're talking about gate. We're talking about money at the door. You know, we could start setting records for that. That's when you know our sport is starting to take off. You know, that's when you know we're starting to reach that, that threshold. Soon enough, there's going to be a powerlifter. We already have coaches that are professional coaches, and they do that for a living. Soon we'll have professional powerlifters who only powerlift. How phenomenal would that be? This is the first step, though. So we got to support this. You know, whether it's a viewership, whether it's showing up live, whether it's just showing and spreading the information, push. This is the first step. We're all going to remember this. The first one. Let's make sure we got a second, third, and fourth, and it keeps going up. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, I mean, Peter Spence coming on here, answering some of the questions that I've been getting DMs about and some people putting in the comments. And um, he can only say so much. We're still early days, but uh, we'll have him back on. And I don't think he can make picks because uh, whatever his title is, uh, meet director, TV producer, whatever, I think he's wearing many hats, as are a lot of people in the SBD organization probably have to wear many hats to put this together. He probably can't make picks, but you know your boy's going to. We're going to do a preview show. Who we're going to have in terms of the preview show? We'll see when we get there. Uh, Matt Gary's always going to be one of the favorites. And make sure you tune in for the USAPL preview show because we will have Matt Gary on once again. Uh, expert in scouting, talking about handling, talking about in terms of handling, known as known as way around a handling gig. You get no better than people like Matt Gary. So we're gonna have Matt Gary on for the USAPL Raw Nationals um, preview show, and we'll be doing our picks once again. And the Muscle Man Marcus podcast is dropping. My um, apologies, it was gonna drop sooner, but then out of nowhere, SPD. Just happened to drop this big announcement, and I'm getting flooded with, with messages. It's all over social media, and I knew I got to reach out to SBD, and we have to have this podcast. Because, um, A, you got strike while the iron's hot. B, we got some answers for some people that were asking some questions. Hope you enjoy. As always, please give us high ratings. Give us a like. Leave us comments in the comment section. If you're watching us on YouTube, um, I'll reply back to the comments. Have your discussions. Take snippets, throw it up on your Instagram, you know, stories, let people know. It's not just SPD that needs the love. We do too. We're bringing you the information and we're bringing you these stars, giving some people some shine and some much needed exposure because some of these people don't get nearly enough. And look how our sport's growing. Only through the support, we push each other forward. Anyways, from Six Pack Lap at another episode of Kingdom of